Garbage is Served is a not-safe-for-work podcast addressing controversial topics in the U.S., like baby boomer fragility and abstinence-only education that are guaranteed to ruin your family dinners. Each episode focuses on some of your family's regrettable misconceptions that your hosts, Jesse and Keeley, take to task. Jesse, how are you today? I am okay, you know? That's. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound awesome, but it doesn't sound terrible. I will say last night was pretty bad for me um, in terms of my anxiety. I couldn't stop like hyperventilating and was just circling through stages of panic. It took me a few hours to like actually calm down. And the thing that did it for me was watching those like five minute craft idea <laughs> videos on Facebook yeah. where they just like show you how to do like really useless shit that you never would want. I love <laughs> that you have watched those because I have fallen down those those paths before and they are addictive, but also kind of soothing and interesting, but completely useless. Completely useless. I watched them for a solid hour. <laughs> so, um, Well, I'm sorry that you had really bad anxiety last night, but I'm glad that crafts came to be helpful. Yeah, crafts and drugs, honestly. But <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm also doing okay. I, I do pretty well on the weekends. We've kept ourselves quite busy, and I think that's probably going to catch up with me. But right now, it feels I, I feel as good as I could feel right now, in spite of everything. How are you keeping busy? Well, I went for a run this morning. Oh, hey, good for yeah, you. Yeah, I felt really good about it. There wasn't anyone out. It was early enough, so I felt pretty secure and good about moving my body, and the weather was beautiful. So that was something that I'm really glad that, that I did. So I have this recording with you. It's noon. At 2, I'm Skyping with one of my college girlfriends, and then at 3, I'm doing a Skype session with a group of people in Kansas City where we're talking about how we're coping with COVID-19. And then at... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, it wasn't my idea. One of our friends who's a really cool person, he... He wants to talk about things that like he's learned that he's doing. Eli and I will definitely be the slackers of the group, but I think it's still going to be fun to talk to our friends. And then at four, I'm Skyping with my niece and nephew in Houston. So, and then at seven, we're, oh, wow. we're watching a movie with friends and live texting. So like, like I'm saying, it's too much, but it definitely keeps you busy. And that's been helpful. It's good to stay connected with folks right now. It is. That's a lot more than I'm doing. I feel like if I talk to a person a day, I'm feeling okay about that sure I'm really impressed with your motivation I don't know what to call it it's fleeting I'm probably gonna regret it tomorrow when it's Monday and I work for eight hours for my kitchen table and I'll have wished that I was more relaxed today so I don't know if it's a good decision or not but I'm saying yes to things and getting through you're doing great so last week when we checked in for the record today is Sunday March 29th 2020 so we checked in last week this is week two I think that both of us were experiencing quite a bit of dread and anxiety and just not really knowing what was going to happen but feeling the worst case scenario was on the brink of playing out sure how are you feeling this week looking at the numbers it's not good the United States in the past week has surpassed all other countries with confirmed cases while my state is thoroughly midwestern and as a state as a whole we have less or right around a thousand cases so that's 
way more than there were last week, but it's still way less than, say, New York or Chicago. I've been nervous because our governor hasn't done any sweeping action. It's been very segmented by local leaders, so luckily we have the mayor of Kansas City put a shelter in place weeks ago through at least April 24th. I don't know, I'm just spitting facts, and what was your actual question? I kind of got lost. Like, how am I feeling about it? Yeah, how are you feeling? Like, how are you mentally coping? Day at a time. My anxiety is certainly cyclical, whether that's the state of the disease, the number of folks that are getting sick, the number of folks that are dying, the response, politics, whatever. Some days I'm really able to cope with it, and some days it's pure existential dread. So it comes and it goes. You're getting me on a pretty good day. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, like, what have you noticed in your day-to-day life that is very different from what your day-to-day life looked like pre-COVID-19? The biggest change has just been working remotely. This is going to be my... Because I started working remotely pretty early on. I was really lucky in that my organization supported that. And so I think I'm going into my maybe fourth week of remote work. I don't know. The days are blurring together. But all of that to say that my daily life has changed in that I just sit at my kitchen table all day long. And I, while I'm busy on the weekends... I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't know. It just seems repetitive. The weeks kind of feel globbed together. It totally does. Right? Like, how how can I, I want to dive into that, and I don't know what words to use, but every day I'm doing different things. There's a different feeling of getting up, going straight to my table, doing conference calls. The days are blurring together. As far as practical matters, going to the store is different. Seeing people is different. My cat's way different. He's way chiller now that we're here all the time. (laughs) What about you? The days are blurring together, that feeling, because there's not a lot of differentiation from one day to the next. I have also been working remotely because I was able to get an accommodation at least for last week and for this upcoming week through my work. Don't really know what the future of my work's going to be, but they've been pretty reluctant to adopt a work-from-home policy. So we'll see. I also work at a university. Tentatively, students will come back after spring break. I have no idea what's happening. It's very much up in the air. And so I have this like intense sense of dread for the future while like my day-to-day life doesn't make a lot of sense. I have enjoyed working from home a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that I would really like it if I could go out in the evenings and go out in the weekends. I think I would just have more energy for stuff in general. But that's not the case right now. So it does feel a little demoralizing. I'm also pretty extroverted. I am kind of wavering between this feeling of, oh my God, I really want to get out of my house. I want to see people. I want to like give people hugs and have physical affection with folks besides Andrew and my pets. (laughs) But at the same time, like leaving the house gives me deep, deep anxiety. And so I've left the house very few times basically just to walk my dog. Even then I'm thinking about what am I touching? when I'm outside if I live in an apartment building so I'm like touching multiple doors that are public and I just can't stop thinking about potential virus on my hands right and that is really consuming and so it's really hard to just go outside and take a walk the other things I've noticed this morning I woke up and the bottom of my feet hurt I realized that I haven't like worn shoes like I've only put on shoes for minutes at a time when I've had to walk my dog and so I'm like, I haven't worn shoes really in two weeks. So maybe my feet feel different from that, which is a weird feeling. Because you 
walk your dog, so you're probably outside more than I am on a daily basis. Do you have a routine for cleaning doorknobs or washing out for doorknobs, or what is that like for you? I get my dog, we call it suited up, I get her in her harness and her leash, and I take a plastic bag, like a poop bag, and I flip it. And so like I'll touch the doorknobs inside my house, but once I'm at the public doorknobs, I only touch things through that plastic bag. And so then if I have to use that because she does poop, I just take another plastic bag and I use that to get back into the building. And then once we're inside and in the door, I wipe off her paws and then disinfect the doorknobs, light switches, anything that I've touched and maybe even like the clips and stuff on her leash and then wash my hands really well. And I will, once a week, I've been washing her actual like harness and collar and all of that stuff just because it's cloth. I'm very paranoid. It's a process. It is a process and you're saying paranoid and I don't think it is paranoid. I think it's a reasonable reaction. And I'm not trying to feed into your paranoia. I'm trying to say that I'm doing similar things and I think those are the right things to do with doorknobs and the like. Do you do anything different when you go grocery shopping? Yeah, absolutely. Andrew went grocery shopping at the beginning of the week and brought reusable bags. So when he got home, we unpacked everything. We wiped everything down and then wiped down the counter space just to get everything like sanitized and then put the bags in the washing machine. Andrew put all of his clothes and stuff in the washing machine. And so we just tried to wash everything that had been exposed to the store, which might be a little extreme, but... It feels it's not that hard for us to do those things if the consequences of not could be extreme. Eli and I went shopping yesterday. We've been trying to go shopping at times when the store won't be busy as well. And we use reusable bags and we take hand sanitizer with us and we get home. We we try to wipe down. We did not clean our clothes. It's hard to know what's reasonable and what's not reasonable, but I feel like every precaution is reasonable. And I think we're just going to have to continue stepping this up. It's the new normal. I've been feeling kind of helpless. This whole thing has been draining for everyone. My husband and I are definitely better off than a lot of folks. And trying to find an outlet to help is something we've thought about, but we really haven't taken action. Do you have any thoughts about that? Maybe. I There have been a lot of different resources that have circulated around Chicago. So for example, like a lot of gig workers, uh, people in theater, dog walkers, folks who have jobs that basically can't work from home or who have been laid off restaurant workers because of the pandemic. There have been spreadsheets and stuff that folks have been sharing with people's Venmo and PayPal accounts. So I have sent a few people money. I know some artists who are selling their artwork right now or people who are creating merch for their business to get some sort of income while this is all going on. But ultimately, the government needs to make the choice to protect people because like, we can crowdsource all we want and donating money to each other is great. But the folks who have all of the money need to equalize. Not have all of the money. There was a tweet today that said something like, if capitalism is so great, why does socialism have to bail it out every 10 years? 
And uh, it would be really great if the government stepped up and took larger action to make sure people were surviving. In Illinois, that is happening. And in Chicago, that's happening. Like, good things have come from this in terms of people's financial securities. The lack of tickets in Chicago. They're trying not to, like, ticket people for parking and weird places and stuff like that. Also, with the federal bill, they're going to suspend loan payments, loan repayments, that's really awesome and then just checks that are going to be going out to people unfortunately I think that that's needs to be integrated in a more long-term way for it to be helpful absolutely what are your thoughts on that the United States is a really really big place and the biggest impact I can make is in my immediate community and so person-to-person action is really helpful but ultimately those actions even collectively pale in comparison to what the federal government could do and totally agree with you in that some of the steps they are taking are going to be helpful but even with those $1,200 checks it feels too little too late and I mean people lost their jobs and so after they get that $1,200 check they'll still have to pay rent the next month <laughs> yeah and they might still yeah. not have a job so having this level of financial interference but in a good way from our federal government to make sure people survive is really making people ask why we allow community members to suffer when the government could step in really at any time to help it feels like when your government passes a bill for trillions at least a trillion dollars what does money mean <laughs> And it feels like the curtain has been pulled back, that the government could really help us, but they have chosen not to. And I hope that idea and those questions persist. I also want to note that I realize that people are literally dying and this experience is is an opportunity for us to really think about how we want our government to operate and how we want people to be treated in the long term. And I think that just how Trump has handled this situation, including saying that he's not going to send masks to certain states unless those governors are nicer to him, that is going to be a reason why people die. That's going to be a reason why healthcare providers die and we can't just replace healthcare providers suddenly. It requires a lot of education. We need our healthcare providers. It's going to put a strain on our healthcare system even more. And so our politics in this situation are very revealing for how we want people to be taken care of. So, right. I think that those are deeply intertwined at this point. And I know you and I would both like more protections for people and more resources so that fewer people die. And that's really scary because we are still on the brink of this and it's going to get so much worse. Something that you and I talked about last week, and I don't think we had the answer, <laughs> but the the apex of the disease when the most people will be hospitalized, the peak. And I think the scary part is that it's going to vary. It's not going to be one fell swoop and it's done, it's going to vary between different hotspots. So for example, New York is still two weeks away from their apex and they have what, 50,000 people that are sick? That's so intense. It's so intense. They're struggling right now. Cuomo has asked to re-enlist doctors that had since retired to come back and help. I mean, I guess thank you for your service, but my knowledge of retired doctors is that they're probably of an age, so they're a vulnerable population. So now we're asking these folks. It just is a hairy situation for a variety of reasons, and that's one small example. I've read about how the U.S. generally 
is like prepared to deal with emergency situations is that you don't expect it to happen everywhere at once and so the idea is if it's happening in one part of the country like the other parts of the country lend help in order to deal with this but because it's happening everywhere at once we have this situation where like everyone's just stretched to their limit and nobody knows what to do and it's scary it's really fucking scary this is which is why i just want to stay home is because as lonely and depressing as it feels i'm just so scared of what would happen if i decided that i wanted to go outside even for like a little bit the consequences of that could be dire three weeks from now and i can't wait to find out where we're at this time next week and by that i mean oh god You said something that's adding stress to your life is the uncertainty of what your university is going to do. And I just wanted to take a moment and say that's really shitty of them. And it just, it's been interesting to see how different organizations and different companies and different state governments have reacted to COVID. But our friend Daya situation was really unusual to me in that she was working in the office every other day. They wouldn't have a full work from home schedule, but to try to alleviate contamination, they were having a work from home every other day. And the thing that only got her office to go to a full work from home schedule is that someone had to pass away from the virus. It shouldn't take someone dying for people to take this seriously. And that feels really awful. It feels really awful that that's where we're at in late capitalism, where unless people are dying from someone else's bad decisions, we're not going to do anything about them, even though we absolutely have the foresight to prevent those things from happening. I don't even have words for that. And I'm worried about what's going to happen at my job in terms of that like will someone die I mean it feels like the folks who are making the decisions are also people who are for the most part working from home and so requiring people to come in feels a little hypocritical to me certainly like some of them are coming in but I also don't think that it's about having an impact it's more about show and the perception of what we're doing and I think that there are some unethical choices that are being made that ultimately if it results in personal harm or individual harm to somebody the stakes are going to start looking very very different for them and I don't know what the consequences of that are going to be I don't really know what's going to happen next but I know that as the situation worsens, the likelihood of something happening is going to increase. So we left off on a super depressing note last week. Can you, and I know that this feels slightly ridiculous given the world that we're living in right now, but can you share one or two positive things that you've experienced in the last week? First thing, my mom, who has a wildly compromised immune system, she was going through a ton of stress because her school wasn't announcing a continuation of school closure. And they finally did Thursday or Friday of last week. They have gone through at least the end of April. And so I was super, super relieved that she wouldn't have that immediate stressor in her life. Something else I've been doing a lot of, two things actually, in my time at home is I've been doing really terrible workout videos. And I guess I've been doing videos and also two of our friends, they started a fitness business and so they've been doing online classes. I've done a couple of those and I've been baking so much, Jesse. I've started making, I've been making bread and we've made a lot of pizza and cookies and I've listened to the podcast, my dad wrote a porno and I drink a beer (laughs) and I bake bread. 
Those are my some of my happiest moments in quarantine. Those are great. Those give me hope. Do you have any happy moments you'd like to share? Something I've really appreciated is that a lot of people have been posting like dance videos and workout videos for free online. It's been really great to experience that little bit of community, especially when people are doing it live and you're able to respond live. I've done different workout videos too and dance videos. <laughs> and so that's been really nice. Andrew has done some baking, which has also been good. I've been snuggling my dog a lot and my cats, and that's felt good. I've still been having trouble reading, so that hasn't been the best outlet. Probably the thing that like has really affected me in a positive way since this all began is that I've reconnected with people that I haven't really talked to in the last couple of years. And not that for any negative reason, just like we live in different places and I don't know what's going on with their lives. And so a few different people have reached out and I've been able to check in and just like hear about people's lives again. And I don't know if that would have happened if we weren't in this situation right now, which is really sad, but it's also been just so nice to hear from people and to build pieces of community that haven't been part of my life for a long time. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. It's a it's a good thing, that part. I'm glad that your community is coming around you and that you are part of a really good community. Yeah, it feels, if I had to be in this situation, which I do, that part of it feels really supportive. Tune in next week. Get excited. Or don't. Whatever. Feel what you need to feel. Feel what you need to feel.